Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the podcast, the Thunderblog Hockey and Hoops Hour. I am joined by Greg the Prophet Piatelli, and we have one jam-packed episode for you. We talk NBA, March Madness, PGA Tour, and a Tiger Woods update. Little NHL thoughts, predictions going down the stretch as the playoff races are heating up. Some reactions to the Olympic hockey tournaments, both men's and women's. The women's match between the U.S. and Canada for the gold medal is about to begin. So hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, our girls have pulled off the gold medal against their arch nemesis in Team Canada. We finish things up with a little spring training talk, getting ready for the divisional previews and the return of the bullpen cart. As always, though, Make sure to subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends about it. Leave a five-star rating. Go follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports, just like the website on Instagram and Facebook, obviously ThunderblogSports.com. Make sure to go check out all of our blog posts there, including the nightly roundup where uh, I talk about one or two topics and the links throughout the day that you need to see, but enjoy this week's episode. Thanks again. We're live from... And Greg said it, we are live. Welcome to this week's Hockey and Hoops Hour here on the Thunderblog Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, and with me is the original co-host, Greg Piatelli. What's up, buddy? Hey, bud. Just, uh, you know, living the dream, enjoying life. Um, I mean, I guess it's a good thing, you know, mockery is best form of flattery. I think it's a good thing that you have a calling card and you have a signature to start every pod. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's always, though, it's a signature when you get your hands on the mockery because you always keep me in check and having you do the opening, you know, it, it means we, it means we've truly made something out of it. Listen, that wasn't planned. You just said we were about to start, and I did the opening, and I didn't realize you were recording, so then you jumped in perfect timing. But Well, it's funny because the YouTube the YouTube Live, quick inside baseball here, it doesn't give you like a 3-2-1 go. It just is like you hit start, and then it's any random time. Maybe there is a timer, and I've just never noticed it, but or there's like a set number of seconds that they just don't show when right. you hit start. You know, start. Right. Um, but you know, it worked out that way. So good for us. But the point is, Jordy, that you have a signature and you have a a way to start the pod every time, and yeah. it's only going to help grow grow this bad boy, grow the brand. I love it. But anyway, so let's get into it. We are in that. We are in the February lull, if you want to call it. We're in the depths of it as the NBA All Star Game just wrapped up. We are going to do some some. Hoops, we're going to start with that, then go into a little golf, a little Olympics, a little hockey, and then uh, finish things up with a little spring training update because spring training is finally really starting with all the players reporting and teams are making signings. But I just mentioned it. The NBA All-Star Game was this weekend. Greg, did you watch any of it? How much did you watch? Let's break it down. Those are the questions. That's easy. Um, How much did you watch? So I was Friday night. I was in and out of the uh, in and out of the 
was that sophomore rookie challenge now world versus us rising the rising stars challenge they call it oh thank you for the trademark um yeah it used to be rookie sophomores but i watched that because i got a little alert on my phone that uh brown for the celtics was tearing it up and obviously tatum was having a having a, a great night as well and um you know so checked in the young guys a little bit which was nice and a little upset that team usa was getting smoked by world but also well, it was the sixers plus some other players so you know i mean, I mean trust the process <laughs> how awesome were those world jerseys though like for real for a second the orange world across they looked like hockey jerseys and yeah, they were just awesome i i really enjoyed them no i i agree and and um the i mean the usa ones were pretty cool as well the only thing i didn't like about the usa ones because i feel like the, the lakers were similar like color throwback this year you know so yeah it, yeah it did look like um it looked like they're like minneapolis lakers jerseys with that that like light blue and yellow and whatnot yeah the I, world mean, was, I don't know where they pulled the orange and black from they almost looked like the flyers don't have that color scheme or don't have that full orange color but it looks like a phantom jersey their ahl team everything um, goes back to the flyers huh it's you know it's where my mind goes. It's the first one. It's you got to be relatable, Greg. You have to. It. I love it. Sounds it. more authentic. I love it. No, honestly, um, you know, I I think the jerseys were pretty sweet. Like I said, I was in and out of that game. Um, the skills competition, I watched. I mean, I, honestly, I had it on in the background. I was uh, uh, I was out, and we were just. I wasn't really watching. I had an eye here and there, and I missed any. There wasn't really too much of note. Um, yeah, not that. too much to miss there. I didn't watch any of that. I did watch. A lot of the scale or the uh, rising stars on Friday uh, did not watch the skills. I watched college basketball in the Olympics Saturday night. Um, then I didn't yeah. really even watch any of the game itself, to be honest. It doesn't do it for me that much. No, it, not really for me too. And I think that's you know the plan. I think honestly, people watch it for the. If we're being honest, Jordy, I think uh, what the NBA has done best is that they allow people to rip their videos and put them on Instagram. And I watched the. I basically watched the all the top moments of the All Star games on through replay on. Uh, on Instagram all night. And, you know, I kind of like the all black and all white jerseys, but uh, at the same time, I wish, you know, I wish they had chosen different colors, but it, it was what it was and it looked clean. And yeah. I think uh, it allowed some guys to, st- to, to shine and, and allowed some guys to do well. And, you know, also made Jimmy Butler with his whole, uh, you know, sitting cause he was tired thing. You know, people are other players are pissed at him because they were like, "I would have gone." Or you know, it's just it's all you know. The NBA really has done a good job of marketing themselves like I don't want to say a soap opera, but very much so. Like a. But uh, on that note, they're going to broadcast the draft next year, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, but they broadcast the NHL draft the first two years, and that was a lot of fun. And like Ovechkin was like, "Pick me last, so I can win a free car." And and he wanted like the bonus and all the player and like the captains picked him second to last just to mess with him and, and think, let him think that he actually was going to get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's funny things like that. And, and like I said, quite frankly, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and that could be fun, but um, I don't know. I, I'm, I like the, the player mixing thing. I mean, the NHL started it and, and, um, you know, the NFL did it for right after and, you know, it's good and this and that and MLB will never change, but I, it's the all-star game is fun. Cause you get to see all these superstars together, but it, everyone knows it is what it is and it's for what it's for. 
Um, would you ever think the NBA, I know they have like they have the break, but would you ever think like these big sports, uh, like the long season sports, do you think they'd ever switch their all-star game sort of at the end of uh, the playoffs? Like Just, the Pro Bowl does? Yeah. So what, like in the week off, like they were supposed to last year, but it turned into two weeks between the conference finals and the finals. Yeah, it would be just, just sort of game. that game. I mean, I guess it's a silly move because your top guys don't it in, and it's a long season, so everyone gets a break. So that's a terrible yeah. question. Don't don't even don't even uh, give it. Uh, time well, the other side of it too is that like you pit like a lot of them, like baseball, the managers are the manager of the two World Series teams this year. I'm sure it's also because they're the two most popular players in the league and two of the best players in the league. But it was Team Steph versus Team LeBron, which that's been the marquee matchup of the finals for the last three seasons. Well, no, um, yeah, it was, it was the top two vote, vote getters were going to be the captains, and everyone was like, "Yeah, everyone, is that how they did it?" Yeah, everyone was nervous that Giannis was going to be the captain, and then somehow LeBron won it in the last week. Um, funny. Oh, surprise! Funny how that works out, right? Yeah, right. Um, no, to answer, I mean, it is, it's an interesting thought or like do it at the beginning of the year or something like that. Or I guess it wouldn't be an all-star game. It would just be a popularity game at that point you know, at the beginning of the season. But it's funny though, cause it's everybody's good. And we're even going to frame it as the second half, but they've played, there's what, 25 games left, 30 games left in the season. Yeah, so it's 24. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's two thirds of the way through and good segue there. That's why you're the best host in the. In the biz, um, second half predictions. Do you want? Let's start. Uh, we'll start with the West Coast since both our teams are in the East. Yeah. Um, Houston right now half a game up on the Golden State Warriors, just because yeah. they played one less game and they have that means they have one less loss. Both tied in the win column. Spurs, Timberwolves, Thunder, Nuggets, Portland, uh, the Pelicans with the Clippers a half a game and the Jazz one and a half game out of the playoffs. Um, yep. Those are really the teams that are going to be – those 10 teams are really going to be the teams that are have any shot, uh, in my opinion. But going on here and, and looking at the top teams, uh, can anyone come out of the West outside of Golden State? Keep in mind that the Spurs, they just announced Kawhi is most likely done for the year. Yeah. Yeah, Pop saying he'd be surprised if Kawhi came back. Um Still, though, having a pretty good defensive rating despite no Kawhi. But I, I wouldn't think I'd rule them out. I'd probably rule Minnesota out. Oklahoma City's tricky because if they get hot, they could be – I mean, they could be a surprise. Um, I think Houston's got the best shot. The, those remaining three yeah. – or really remaining five, if you include LA, LAC and uh, the and the Utah. Um, I, you know, they'll probably make for some entertaining first-round matchups, but – I think it's Houston, Houston, Golden State in the Western Conference Finals, and that's going to be really what it comes down to. I'm not sure if Houston has the guns to go the distance against them. I think you can maybe get a seventh game, yeah. Especially if Houston, if Houston ends up getting the one seed, I think you could see a, a seventh game there. But if it's, we talked about this a lot last year in a different sport, but with the NH, with the Stanley Cup Finals, where we were, we weren't sure with Pittsburgh of of how they would. If they could, if and how that all that was going to go, but bring it back to basketball. If it is something where Houston has, you know, games, what is it, two, two, one, 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 so they'd have game six at home, they might be able to force a game seven. But if it's, if 
Um, that's if they're the they're the the lower seed. But if it's Golden State has Game Six there, they it's it's just interesting that way. I don't know. I think Golden State still gets through though, as I just really tripped my way through it. Hey, look, if I sometimes you right say now. things out loud and talk yourself through it. I get it. I'm I, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. Honestly, Jordy, it's it's one of those things where you know what's great about Golden State is that they have the defense as well. You know, Durant for everything he does in offense, still is not a bad defender. And, and obviously Draymond's a good defender. And, you know, they say Clay Thompson's athletic to keep up with people in the league. But, like, Steph is not stopping Chris Paul. And Clay, in reality, there's only so much you can do with Harden. And if you're double Harden, they can kick out to anyone else in the team. You know, you double – like, the best part about this year is, like, Harden doesn't have to do it all. So he can take possessions off, and Chris, Col- Chris Paul can penetrate and dish and – you know, the, the Warriors would have to collapse in on someone else and, and this and that. So yeah. in that regard, you know, I think um, I, I think they do present somewhat of a matchup nightmare. Uh, or not nightmare, but a matchup problem. And I loved when you said Oklahoma City because if they can put it together, they can make a little run. Um, you know, they got that big dude in the uh, the middle, that 6'7 guy, or what? Sorry, but probably 6'8. Kiwi. Yeah. That huge guy. Adams. So, yeah. Thank you, Steven Adams. So, uh, yeah. do you remember? Do you have you ever seen his stock photo? Just like the picture that they put out when they show the starting lineups. Really weird segue or really weird non sequitur. But mm-hmm. he stares so intensely. Like, literally, you could pause it on your TV and think that this guy's going to fucking murder you. Right. The guy's, and he's an awesome defender, too. So, if you're right, if he gets hot, I mean, they almost did it when KD was still there and, and blew a 3-1 lead that quickly was forgotten because Golden State did it in the next round. But, yeah, you know, I, I mean, think, I think they put Chris it together, Paul, PG-13. Yeah, I think Chris Paul really brings – I mean, Mellow's Mellow, but I think Chris Paul really brings that – that you know, KD, when he was there, you know, he was also trying to be the superstar, you know, whereas yeah. Chris Paul and Mellow were like, Russ, this is your team. Like, we're just support players. So, I think – You mean that, Paul George, Paul – George, yeah, Chris Paul's Paul. on the on the Rockets, right? That's what I meant. Paul George is really helping them, and I think that that's like that mentality or that attitude of like, you know, we're not second fiddle, but this is your team. Like, we're just rope, we're support cast. Like, I think everyone's buying in, and that's helping uh, rolling out here. And you know, we'll see. But honestly, I think it's Golden State's to lose. Obviously, easy to pick in the in the thing. Um, yeah. I really think the teams that could challenge them would be. The Rockets are Thunder. Um, I mean, the Pelicans, I thought maybe, but obviously now that Boogie Cousins is done for the year, Tor ACL, um, or Tor, uh, what's uh, Achilles? His Achilles, yeah. ACL or Achilles, something in the legs. No, it's his Achilles, yeah. So it, I don't think they potentially serious threats. So um, that's what I think. And you know, I think right now I think teams are just tanking. It's a race for a race for last so they can get the, the, the lottery ball uh, – Lottery ball. How about Mark Cuban getting fined today uh, uh, for saying you guys should probably, you know, if we lose out, it's probably not a bad thing. Oh, shit. $600,000. Hey, listen, I, I like that he's so honest. You know, I like yeah. that he's, um, you know, I like, I like that he's, <laughs> I like that he's outspoken. And honestly, I liked him even before Shark Tank, but I think him being on Shark Tank really, added to uh his allure or whatever but give yeah. us an east give us an east uh breakdown 
before we start talking, before we get into predictions for the second half, give us uh, where things stand. Yeah, so we got Toronto in first by two games. Uh, the Celtics kind of stumbling into the All-Star break at second place. They're four and a half up on Cleveland in third, who came in red hot after LeBron godfathered his way into being the, the complete alpha in Cleveland once again. Washington is in fourth. Indiana's in fifth. Milwaukee, six. Philly, the Sixers in seventh. The Miami Heat in eighth place after losing to the Sixers right before the All-Star break. Detroit right there in seventh. And Charlotte knocking on the door, but still a little bit far away in 10th place. And that's really about it. The The Knicks are right behind Charlotte, but they lost Chris Stops and are in the midst of an eight straight game losing skid. So they're out. And then the rest of the teams are in, are in full tank mode at this point, um, except for maybe the Bulls. But if they're smart, they'd probably tank. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they would have wanted them to tank much earlier. Um, And so, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Honestly, um, with the Celtics especially, I think they they overperformed in the first half. You know, I think people expect them to be good with Kyrie. And just like last year, they overperformed last year as well. And, and you know, with the best, having the best record and this and that. And and I think it's a good sign to, it's a sign of how good Brad Stevens is, but at the same time, they're, they're relying so much on their young guys. They're relying so much on their rookies and their second year guys that at some point they're going to get tired. At some point they're going to hit a wall. I mean, let's call a space babe. The college season is, you know, half the games, you know? So it's just like yeah. not realistic that you're able to keep up that clip, keep up that pace for 82 games um, for those rookies. And, and even sophomore. So um, I'm hoping that this is their wall. I'm hoping that this is their wall, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, they come back and and have a, you know, even if if the Celtics play reality in my – here's my prediction, but even if the Celtics play – let's say they they play five to six games above above 500 for the rest – they have the 24 games left, you know, that's – so, you know, let's say – yeah, I mean, they're still winning 54 to 55 games, and that's still better or right around where they were last year. That's still potentially good enough to be a 1-2 or a 3 seed. I mean, probably a 2 seed at that point. Um, I mean, in front of Toronto. But, like, that, that's good enough for for me and Celtics fans, um, in yes. my opinion, because you still get the host. And, and uh, you know, Toronto has proven time and time that come playoff time, they just don't get the production from their superstars. So, that's what I was going to say. I, I don't believe this Toronto in first place. They're riding a seven-game winning streak, so that certainly helps. But I like you hit the nail on the head. Their superstars aren't always on the same page, especially in the playoffs. I've seen them in Philadelphia against the Sixers, and they seem to get tripped up there. So you add in some of those you know, X-factor players, like Kyrie, you add in LeBron and – you know, I can sound as incredibly biased as I want to with certain players on the Sixers, but they add such a different wrinkle of of talent than, you know, Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan has. And they can trip them up enough that that supporting cast kind of falls by the wayside. And I don't know if I trust them holding on to that one seed going down the stretch to give a, a you know, a quick prediction on them. I um, Yeah, I mean, do you think the 76ers move up? Do you think they move out? Do you think, uh, you know, they, they wanted 
sort of model themselves after the Celtics, like like they've been doing for so long, seven yeah. six riding the Celtics coattails, but just sort of get yeah, since the eighties, you know. I mean, yeah, make that, make that, make the playoffs as an eight seed uh, the first year and get that playoff experience for the young guys, and then come back the next year and be in the top four or five, and then be a one seed and make it to the Eastern Conference, and then yeah. get Kyrie so- the best, best point guard in the game and become a one seed again and win the title you know i i get that's where the 76ers are going um <laughs> no, so, but- to answer your question so i like them in this seven six area um some people think they could get all the way up to five that really depends on how milwaukee does i think they're on the up and up i think they probably they could flip-flop with indiana the sixers could flip-flop with indiana um i think they're probably in that six seven range they could potentially overperform to five the big wrinkle with the Sixers is that they have one of if not the easiest schedule remaining in the NBA Um, they've played pretty much everybody that's currently in the Eastern Conference if not to their maximum one or two games there and I say one or two because I know they play the Cavs twice down the stretch but they played a lot against the Wizards they've already played all their games against the Celtics they played most of their games against the Raptors they play Indiana in Milwaukee once. I think they're done playing the Heat. And then every other team they play in the East, and they pretty much played everybody in the West, is in the lottery right now. So, I mean, they have a pretty easy schedule going forward. They seem to be really clicking as a team. Um, Brett Brown's done a really good job, a lot similar to Brad Stevens, except he probably around the same time they've been in, been in – uh, on the on the bench for both teams, Brett Brown's been around since 2013, um, but they've done they've both done a good job of of putting their players together, really working in that rotation. So I mean, I would say the six is probably where they where they peak out. It's crazy though because Detroit, you'd think, should be in there with Blake Griffin, with Drummond playing so well, with the rest of that team being where they are, and, and we talked about this the last time you were on when they first announced the all-star rosters or the, they announced the starters, um, the, you know, that we thought there should be more Pistons in the all-star game. Um, but they, they may they may be the unlucky team that falls out of it. Miami's also just a big question mark because you don't know which way they're going to go. They really, really kind of stumbled into the all-star break, losing seven of their last ten, and it was really encapsulated by their game against the Sixers where they're really rolling. They're hitting pretty much everything in the first half. And then some shots didn't start falling and they didn't, you know, the Sixers barked back at them and they, they didn't really have the answer. Um, the last couple of minutes were exciting, but they, they seem to almost get declawed at the very end of that game. So if they can figure that second half stuff out, I would say they're probably a little closer into the playoffs. I know you were originally asking about the Sixers, but just looking in that bottom part of the East, um, so inadvertently answering your question about the Sixers, they could potentially bounce them out, but it really, you know, it just depends on how these teams can take what they've learned from the first half and, and go forward. I know that's a pretty canned answer. I think the Sixers, they're not safe because no team is, but with how easy their schedule is, they should make the playoffs. But we'll we'll see. I mean, who knows if Charlotte gets hot with Kemba, they could make a push. Um, that's a little bit more of a stretch because they're five and a half out right now of Miami at the eight seed. Um, but we'll see. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, honestly, I think the Pistons, it's going to take time. You know, Blake Griffin's yeah. there for, what, three games, four games? You know, it, you can't – I mean, <clears throat> you can't expect teams to have that that long-term chemistry right away. I mean, they've been playing way better with Blake Griffin, and, you know, it's, it's you know, at the end of the day, they don't necessarily have the, the full team talent, the depth, if you will, to, to make a serious run. Um, I think, honestly – the Heat are the Heat are the team that are surprised. That not surprised me, but the Heat are the team that very much um, could be that they could run into this huge wall. You know, not wall, but yeah. they're the team to me that that could fall the fastest, if you will. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. And you know, could they, the Pistons could sneak in, but at the same time, like the Heat, they have those players that if they get hot and at the right time and this and that. But I mean, Reggie Jackson for the Pistons, their guard. I mean, he, yeah just starting to come back and, and he's could get the green light to, to return very soon. Um, so it's like the, the Pistons could be getting their pieces back at the right time. And, you know, Cleveland, yeah, they, they won a couple of games with their new team, but like, you know, anyone can be excited and, and win your first two games when you're playing with LeBron and the best player in the, in the world. So like, you know, it's one of those things where who knows what they're going to be coming out of the break. Um, yeah. The Wizards, John Wall, I mean, if he comes back, that changes their team completely. If he doesn't, then, you know, they could keep doing what they're doing. Um, and the Pacers are really – I'm not knowing much about the Pacers, but they really are one Victor Oladipo team, you know. so Yeah, exactly. I honestly – I think it's going to come down to the Cav- the Cavaliers and the Celtics with with the potential of, of Philadelphia – Depending upon their first round matchup, having a legit- that's what I was going to say. If they play the Cavs or the Celtics, they're not getting out of the first round. But if they play Toronto, Washington, if somehow Indiana gets the four and the Sixers get the five, they could win that. Uh, but if even really, like, it just depends on the first round matchup. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Philly intrigues me because with Embiid and with with some of their big guys, they 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 present a matchup nightmare for a team like the Cavs, if you will. You know. Yeah. The problem is the biggest issue with the 76ers is who's taking the last shot, who's got the ball in their hands up or down and you need a basket. And that's something that this team doesn't have right now. And you and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago and, and, and regardless, I mean, in the, in the playoffs, you need to win a couple of those games. I mean, even last year, the Celtics probably shouldn't have, probably shouldn't have made it out of, uh, of the second round against the Wizards. But yeah, the they, Wizards series. Well, Bradley yeah. Beal had that unreal shot in game six to force game seven. Remember that? Yes. That's, I've, I literally took the words out of my mouth, and that's yeah. why you're the best host. But, like, that's the type of thing that, you know, you need to have. And the host even have the king of the fourth last year, IT. And now they have Kyrie who can do the same. And even Brown and, and Tatum have hit clutch shots all year. So, like, 76ers, yeah, they, they may – they don't have that guy consistently, and I bet you third and girl might change, might tell us differently. But you know, <laughs> reality is Embiid should be taking that shot, but the coach never calls the play for Embiid at the end of the game, and that's that's you're not gonna you're not gonna win if your best player doesn't have the ball in his hands in the last possession, and and that's the that's the frustrating part. If I was a 76ers fan, and that's the scary part. If I was a 76ers fan, but they could get that was the nice thing though. Quickly, that yeah. about the Heat comeback was that they looked completely lost in the first half without Embiid. And then they really seemed to get it settled, and they weren't shooting well because kind of to, to take your point and run with it, the Sixers do a very good job, and they have a lot. They have Robert Covington at the 3 and D. They have 
JJ Redick is an outside shooter, both as a three point shooter and a, just a deep two shooter. He ends up having a off, off kiltered shot that goes in, but to you know, kind of make your point, you know, when you have a mixed bag of guys like Reddick, like Covington, who don't always necessarily hit those shots, TJ McConnell's had a lot has had a lot of them, but when you don't have one specific guy, it could be Embiid, and he has played a lot more in the second half of a of a you know back to back. I almost called it a double header, um, <laughs> which is one thing that that had kind of been the Sixers' mo was to limit his minutes, which then. Brett Brown infamously called it a quote suggestion after the home or the uh, season opener against the Wizards. Right, but they've played him more and more. There's sometimes where they, you know, they want to make sure his ankle or his knee or whatever it, you know it happens to be, you know, if it's a little inflamed, or they think he's you know, he's got a little, you know, kick in his or that's the opposite, a little uh, you know, hitch in his giddy up, they'll give him that little bit of rest, but. Who knows in the playoffs? That'll probably be the biggest thing and see how they all respond. I mean, One thing to watch out seven for. Seven-footers just like, you know, people in general, seven-footers, they're just they're, – they're, they're joints and there's too well, much – That was Yao Ming. That was Yao Ming's entire career. Yeah. Sorry. Make an no, extra no, good. No, all I was going to say is the one thing to watch out for, which is almost comical right now, but it's starting to become more and more of a legitimate factor is – Ben Simmons is starting to work on his jump shot, so it could be, uh, you know, that could ben come out, literally come out of nowhere. What'd you say? I said, "What about?" I said, "Simmons or Fultz?" Simmons. Well, Fultz, Fultz might not play for the rest of the season, they, and you know, just go with it. Basically, just be initiated into the process that way. Of sit out your first year, well, most of it because he played at the beginning of the year. Yeah, but um, but Ben Simmons, injury. part of it's really injury. not a good jump shooter, but. You've seen a couple of them. He almost made a three at one game, and the place almost blew up. But we'll see if that uh, that was develops he, anymore. Was he a bad shooter in college? Yeah, he wasn't very good. He wasn't a good shooter at LSU. He just – because the SEC sorry. at that time wasn't that good, he did a very good job of uh, you know dominating. That LSU team wasn't very good either, so he was really the number of different ways. I was talking about Foles, but I hear you. Um <laughs> No, Fultz was a good, Fultz was actually a good shooter, and he was a good shooter in the summer league. And then he got some trainer that was like, "Yo, let's work on your shot." Just like how Tiger kept fucking with his swing, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it just kind of got into his head, and he almost needs to like talk to somebody and figure all that shit out. Yeah, and I think uh, honestly, I think if we're the Celtics, one hundred percent won that uh, that rap. They were like, "No chance are we." Like you guys can move up one spot to take these scrubs. Like we'll take Tatum, and Tatum's having the fucking like a career year, but or an unbelievable rookie season. But besides the point, um, way too long in the NBA. Way too long in the NBA, Jordy. Give us a uh, who comes out of the East. I would say, I want to say the Celtics. I really do. It's just hard to say with how the Cavs have been playing to not say LeBron. But I'm going to say the Celtics. I'm going to give you uh, give you a little nod there. The only thing that scares me is, you know, let's say two minutes left in game seven, we're trading baskets back and forth, Kyrie and LeBron, Kyrie and LeBron. No one is stopping LeBron on the Celtics defense. And if Kyrie has the ball in his hands, they 100% will have LeBron covering him. And unfortunately, I think LeBron, just sheer body size and mass, wins that matchup um, seven and maybe six out of 10 times. So yeah. I think at the end of the day, I think Cleveland might, 
head back there and it might be another four years or three years in a row of, of the same matchup, but, uh, four um, years, four straight years. I think, I think, I think the series is a lot closer than what it was last year, but yeah, I think so too. It, it would be a lot more fun this year than last year. That was just ugh. question. Quick, quick, quick plug March madness, uh, coming up the thunder BLG. What do you guys call it? Your little, uh, bracket, give us a bracket plug. Yeah, so our our bracket group will be doing that again. So stay tuned. We'll obviously plug that on the blog. Um, yeah, I mean March Madness is coming up. I, um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all goes. Uh, Xavier and Nova been had a really good game on on Saturday. I mentioned that I watched I watched that with uh, my buddy Joe Mart. Shout out to him. Watched the West Virginia Kansas game, which was pretty awesome there. Um, UVA looks like they're actually really good this year, which, you know, good for them. Um, one that I saw pop up under the on ESPN's BPI, uh, which is their version of the RPI, and they're playing right now, which made me think of them, is Penn State, who traditionally sucks at basketball, popped up because they've had a couple good wins. They killed Ohio State over the weekend, popping up out of nowhere. The Big Ten – not necessarily a down year for them, but they're getting more and more traction and, and kind of cutting into what seemed like was going to be a loaded Big 12, loaded SEC of all conferences of sending teams into the tournament. So you're starting to see the Power Five conferences, at least it seems like to me, uh, even itself out. Am I am I assessing this the right way, or uh, yeah, I is mean, my you- Patriot League mind uh, just not not up to snuff yet? No, I mean, it's honestly better to have an input from you, but someone who's on the outside looking in. But I think I think the Big Ten is having a very, 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 very down year. Yeah. Um, I think the Big 12. The Big 12 seemed like they were going to send all 12 teams at one point, it seemed. Yeah, like. and I honestly think that might have been preseason rankings more than anything else. You know, yeah. like, yeah, their top teams are in the top, but, like, their bottom teams started to taper off. I mean, Oklahoma's a joke now. and and Yeah, how about that? I watched because they're always on ESPN, so I always watch them at the end of the night, writing a blog post or whatever. And Trey Young looked unbeatable until like three weeks ago. Yeah, I mean it's tough because like you know how do you, how, you he can't surprise teams anymore? You know, coming no. like people didn't really know much about him, and and now it now he's gotten all this publicity and all this hype, and it's like okay, we're gonna stop your best player, and boom, now they lose games. Like what are they on a seven game losing streak? So it's like. Yeah, like, yeah, it's six, one, I think, but yeah, not when good. Have, when you have one player and that's your only team or shot, then you're one hundred percent not going to go very far. Um, yeah. You're definitely going to go on the slide and skid. So I'm out. I'm yeah. The Big Twelve is doing well, but I'm I'm out on them being as good as people think they are. I think the ACC again reloaded, retooled. I think they're they're top to bottom the be- the most depth um, with obviously Virginia just absolutely murdering the year and have an unbelievable season. Um, I think that that's, I think at the end of the day, like that's going to be the toughest. Um, the ACC will probably get the most just based on the games that I've been seeing. Uh, no bias with Syracuse cause they're on the bubble and, you know, hopefully they win. And right now they're losing the UNC, but um, hopefully they get in, but you know, it, it's, it's, I'm hoping some of the smaller schools get in. It's one of those years where, one of those years where anyone can win it, and when when those years happen, Jordy, as we all know and as proven in your past, when with one of those years when every team wins it, you always get like a North Carolina or a Kansas or like one of those staple teams that come out and win 
um, win the championship just because that's like people, you know, they have the depth and the fearing of this and that. And I mean, you're talking about UNC who's been to the final four the last two years and they basically yeah. got even better this year. And it's just like, well, they, I was going to say, this sounds a lot like, and it's almost ironic that I'm bringing this up, but it sounds like 2013 when Louisville didn't win, but it was, I mean, to be fair, they they played Michigan in the final. I, I think Michigan wasn't very highly seated, but it was all traditional basketball powerhouses that were in that yeah. final four. So, and, But that was when you had Florida Gulf Coast who won. You had Harvard, I think, made the Sweet 16 as well. You had a lot of – you had LaSalle make, I think, the Elite Eight. You had a lot of teams that were double-digit seeds that, like you said, they could – because anybody could do it, they were beating all the good teams early. So these basketball traditional powerhouses – just rolled their way into the final four. And yeah. And I think we're, I think we're headed there now. You know, I think you're going to have those upsets. I think you're going to have those early round fun teams and this and that, but I mean, I fucking hate Villanova. The only time I'm going to swear on this podcast, but I, I hate, you can swear. You can always, I know, but they're so, I hate them overrated F them. Um, I think it's going to, hopefully it's going to be a blue blood team and and hopefully, hopefully they get upset by, by, Brown or, or some shitty Ivy League team in the first round. Um, well, your brother's your brother's alma mater might make it. Don't let's not poop. Yeah, Harvard, my, brother, my brother went to Harvard. My brother went to Harvard. I would never reduce him to a, a school like Brown, Jake Goldberg. But uh, no, <laughs> it's funny, Jordy, because the Harvard coach, like he he gets he keeps getting pursued for all these like super high like top 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 D one jobs, and he keeps turning them down because he's like established himself as like an employee of the, of the college. So they can't really like, yeah. even if he loses the basketball job, he can't really get fired ever, you know? Yeah. That's like Brett Brown at Lehigh. He, after they beat Duke six years ago now, um, he got offered a couple different jobs and turned him down. And it's really like, like you said, really an employee of the school an ambassador of the school and you know, done a really good job of just develop, developing and, and cultivating just a great culture surrounding the program. So that's awesome to hear for Harvard too. Yeah, no. And, and, and this, this coach, like I said, is just having like one of those unbelievable, I guess, seasons or whatever, but or it runs, you know, like you said, even started, he was Jeremy Lin when they went, made those runs there. And every year it sounds like they're close to it, but um, yeah. So let's, Let's quickly give a. I want to. I want to talk briefly about golf. You mentioned it a couple minutes ago. I want to uh, really quickly before we jump into golf because it was mentioned in the All Star Game for basketball. Yeah. And I just want to ask your opinion on this. Adam Silver's talking about, and it kind of fits in with the tournament, which is why I waited until after we talked about college basketball. Right. Adam Silver wants to change the playoff format to one to sixteen. Yay or nay from you? I'm still the jury's out for me. No chance. Um, no chance. You still want East versus West? Yeah, I mean, listen, the East is starting to catch, close the gap. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, I mean, everyone's, oh, what if LeBron goes to L.A. and blah, 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 and, and Paul George goes to L.A., this and that. Like, you know, super teams, whatever. You can say what you want. But these things always have a, have a way of regula- regulating themselves out, you know, like – Oh, for the yeah. longest time, you know, it was just people like, oh, the only reason why the Heat are there because everyone else in the East is brutal. But, like, when the Lakers and the Celtics with Paul Pierce and Kobe Bryant made it, you know, you could argue that the East top to bottom 
had more depth. Yeah, the top teams yeah. in the West were probably better, but top to bottom, the East had more talent. But then the West drafted Durant and Westbrook and Curry, and they had, you know, all these other superstars now are drafted in the West. But, you know, look at the East. You got Giannis, you got you got Owen Depot, you got all the young guys on, you got Embiid in the 76ers, you got the young studs on. Jose, Jose. That's what I'm saying. You get you got all these young studs across the Eastern Conference, and yeah. I think at some point they're going to catch up, and if not pass, but eventually get there. And and that's something you know you got to trust the young talent coming into the league to eventually surpass. Like you know, not that Durant or Westbrook are old, but you know at some point their career is going to come to an end, and 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 Bede is going to be in his prime. You know, which is scary, and and you know, Owen Depot is only going to be you know, right there. And, and Giannis, who's probably a year or two older than Embiid, is he going to be even in the same exact place, probably better skill set than a guy like Embiid and LeBron and KD, you know, just because based on where he's going now. Um, So I think that it's going to regulate itself out. And I think it's stupid to do the one through 16. It's just like, what's the point of even having conferences? What's the point of even having divisions? If you're just like, why not, you know, just make it college basketball and just have everyone in the same, like, you can play whoever you want. You know, that's just, a, in my opinion, it's a, it's a silly idea, silly concept, and I'm upset that the commissioner would dignify it with that type of uh, response and everything like that. But uh, yeah, I ask my, very, what's your opinion? No, the jury's out for me because it, it would be exciting to see. But you're right. It's not it's like. It finds its it finds its way to regulate itself, and I didn't even think about this until you started bringing up these examples. But like we've seen it in other sports too, baseball forever in the mid to late two thousands, it was the American League is so much better than the National League, and then for a little bit in the early tens, uh, it was the National League's better now, and now it's probably getting back towards that even level. But that but if you look at who won the championships year after year, basically alternated from two thousand four until. Really, I think it still has over the last couple of years, and yeah. you know, so you never really know. Yeah, Obviously, I mean, we're in a we're in a weird spot with basketball right now because it's we're potentially looking at four the same matchup four straight years in a row. But yeah, and 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 you're looking. I mean, and not for nothing. Same thing with with football, right? It was Brady yeah. and Peyton, and the AFC was so much better than everyone else, and they were unbelievable. And now, I mean, once I guess Peyton got to the end of his career. Now it's okay, Tom Brady and maybe the Steelers and maybe the Chiefs for the AFC, and then everyone in the NFC is a factor. You know, Atlanta's unbelievable, Seattle's unbelievable. You know, Philly, based on this year, obviously is going to be good for the next couple of years. The Rams are going to be unbelievable. You know, you got you got all these teams now in the NFC. They're just the Saints have been unbelievable. So you just all these teams in the in the NFC that are just the depth is there. Whereas, like I said before. The AFC was leagues above the NF- NFC, so I think it's well, also this, Jacksonville was a complete joke like three years ago, and they all then they made the AFC championship game. Yeah, I mean that trying to prove against my point, but I mean Cleveland has been one has had one win in yeah, two years. That's so true. Proving yeah. the AFC is just a joke, you know, and, yeah. and like when we were young, I mean not younger, but when we were in college and high school, Cleveland, you know, they had. Um, they got close a couple times. They haven't made the playoffs in forever, but they got close in when we were in high school. Yeah, and who's the running back that broke like the single game record and and rushing? Oh, the dude that was on the cover of Madden. Yeah, what was his name? Yeah, and then they had the white guy too, who was good and like that, that's what I was thinking. The white guy. Yeah, they had they had those they had those good players like 
you know what I mean? Yeah, like you said, they never really made I it. I think they're thinking Maurice Jones-Drew. He was a Jaguar. Yeah, I mean, they st- the point is that the AFC for the longest time was was better. And so but yeah. you are even – anyway, yeah. Anyway. I just want to get your thought on that. And I think it, it, we would have been behooving ourselves to not mention it. But you had a question, but you wanted to bring up a little golf, so let's let's jump into that. Yeah, I mean, the only stories that I care about in golf at the end of the day um, are obviously Tiger and the Ryder Cup. Those are the only two okay. stories that I'm gearing up for. I mean, yeah, the majors are going to be great, and yeah, I'm going to care about them going into week to week. But everything's me, baby. everything's building towards the Ryder Cup, and everything's building towards will Tiger be playing well enough at the time to be considered they've announced him as a vice captain, but will, will he be good enough playing well enough at the time for, for Furyk to put him on the squad and have him as a out there playing as well as being a vice captain. And, um, you know, we can get into the Ryder cup preview. I'm sure much later down the road. Oh sure, yeah. Oh, time, we will. But, but in majors, I'm sure you're going to have your own thing, but with, with Rory playing the most golf he's ever played in a couple seasons. And he admitted he's in the best shape, but he's been in a while and everyone, on the U in the U.S., but not wincing to breathe. What? What well, Rory say? last year had the rib issues. That's why he okay he was put in a down year. Yeah. Um, and but like but like the U.S. having all these young players and all these guys who are probably good. Like they have enough talented players to make the team without having captains picks. Um, oh yeah. You know, so like there's even a race to make that team, and everyone everyone's gearing up to play on the Ryder Cup team for team for USA now, and it's like this excitement that hasn't been there. Not going to lie in a couple of years, just because of how dominant the U or the Europeans were. Um, and I think the fact that all the young talent is back on the U S now that tiger, I mean, really you could argue all the, all because of tiger, the U S golf is, is good again. Cause all these guys talk about, Oh, we grew up watching tiger. Oh, we grew up watching tiger. Like they all wanted to be tiger. And, and you could argue that, Kids, you know, Justin Thomas complained about playing with Tiger and the noise levels. This I know, weekend. but the year before, he was saying that he grew up watching him and wanted to be him. Like, oh that, yeah, that's like a thing. And and Rory even said it because Rory even said at this at the past tournament that Tiger Woods like you lose like yeah, he loses a half a stroke. Yeah, remember like, the Rory Tiger Nike commercial from like three years ago? Yeah, that thing I could still watch, and that thing would give me fucking goosebumps. Yeah, I mean, um, it just goes to show you like how impressive Tiger, what he was doing at the time, how impressive it was and what he's even doing now, like trying to go, go like if, if no one was on the course, like they talk about how good he is in his practice rounds. If no one was on the course, I bet you he would be be winning majors, but that's just not the reality of the situation. And he's got to mentally get back to that point where he can do everything out. Long winded question. Yeah. Like I said, the only things I care about, and I'm sorry I went on a rant and I haven't let you talk in a while. Tiger and the Ryder cup. Give me your, Give me what I need to be looking out for. Can I be hopeful at all? Give me, give me your – talk me off the ledge that I'm on here. So a couple thoughts. My dad and I were talking about Tiger pretty good length last night while we were at a hockey game. So this tells you how much this is on my mind too. Um, Tiger's spraying his driver all over the fucking place. We saw in 2013 when Tiger Woods won five events, zero majors, but five events – he wasn't using his driver. He was using his three wood, that red three wood that he hits those fucking tiger stingers with the trademark shot. Mm-hmm. He needs to do that. Now with the Ryder cup, I think using this past weekend, not tiger Woods's weekend, but Bubba Watson's weekend tells us a couple things. Bubba was a captain's pick a couple years ago. It means a lot to him. Whether you love or hate Bubba, 
I've always been back and forth because he's just an asshole, but there's something like his, that fucking shot he made, even though it was kind of douchey of him pointing at his caddy, like Jordan Spieth did. You still got to give credit where credit's due. But Bubba was a captain's pick, did decently well in that Ryder Cup where the U.S. did win. Um, or no, it was I think it was last year's President's Cup. But anyway, um, I think, though, seeing that, that type of stuff where a captain's pick can make an impact, that's why you have them. Instead of just making it 1 through 12, these are the guys. Right. A couple things that concern me, two years ago, on U.S. soil meant a ton. We obviously had 2012 that was in the back of our minds, the meltdown at Medina, um, and really redeemed ourselves there after really an electric Friday Friday and Saturday, and then you wondered what the hell was going to happen. You had that Rory Patrick Reed matchup where both of them are basically just pumping the crowd up. It looked like a fucking college basketball game. It was awesome. We now go back to Europe. It's in France. I'd have to look this up, but I don't think the Ryder Cup's ever been in France. But that doesn't mean that this has gives the U.S. this almost neutral site because it's still Europe. You still have some good European players from both France and the rest of continental Europe. I'm not sure if that's what you call the non-UK part of Europe. Uh, but for the sake of argument, we're going to call it that. You still have good Germans, you've Spaniards, even though they're douchebags. Um, good Italians with the Molinari's. Um, Trying to think who else is, is pretty good. Oh, you have the Swedes, uh, Henrik Stenson being obviously the big one there. So you're going to have a good showing from the European team on their home continent. So it'll be tough. They haven't won in Europe, I think, since the 90s. So that's a big hump to go there. Now with Tiger, what he brings, he's already been named an assistant captain. He was named it earlier this week. So that's huge. Whether he's playing or not, having that experience and that if he can recapture that fuck you attitude that he had when everybody was scared of Tiger, and that's probably the thing that scares me the most is wanting to see Tiger win now is that the fuck you isn't there right now and people aren't afraid of him. So he he always had that mental edge, and he needs that to have a better shot at it because these guys like Rory, like Spieth, like JT, like Jason Day, like like Justin Rose, and he's even a little older. They've all w- been there. They've won the- those tournaments on iconic courses. Shout out to Justin Rose, who won at Marion. But, um, you know, it'll be long-winded answer to your long-winded question. To see Tiger w- win or see Tiger play, I think we need to see more of, like, what we have this week where he had kind of a shitty, an okay week. It's not even shitty because he got close to making the cut. But the fact that he immediately decided to turn around and play again this week when he had announced that he was only going to play oh so many tournaments that were staggered leading up to Augusta, because that's really all that fucking matters to him right now, is play at Augusta, make the cut there, and just show that I'm making these strides. Then I'll go to Shinnecock for the U.S. Open. Then I'll go across the pond to play at Carnoustie for the for the Open Championship. Then I go play in the PGA. That's what, you know, that's what he wants to start working on. Then I'll worry about, I'm sure that he's going to take the step there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think, I think part of it is too, like you talked about that, that mental edge or whatever that he had. And I think not that he can't ever get it back, but it's, he's never going to be in the same mindset that he was before. Just no. he's gone through too much and he's gone too much of like a, 
you know, before, you know, his dad instilled in him, like, it's you versus everyone. It's you versus the world. Like, no one's ever going to give you a chance. You're black. You're Asian. No one's ever going to like you. And, like, Malaysian. yeah, and, like, you know, that was, like, his motivator. He's, you know, he's trying to be the best. And, like, now it's very much okay. You've established yourself as the best. Like, you, you, if, if, you're, if not of all time, you're, you're the greatest of this generation. And, and if not second of all time or third of all time, like, you're, you're there. And so he doesn't, he's not really chasing a ghost anymore, you know? And then, and then I think he's content with where he stands historically. Cause he has so much respect for, for Arnold and Jack that I think he's comfortable where he is. Cause he's in the conversation at least. And, and then in terms of like, you know, he was always, you know, everyone always talked about him and the ride with Phil and, and like, he never, he never opened up to anyone. And I think now he's at a point where he's like, you know, I isolated myself before and got myself in trouble with my personal life. Let me be friends with these kids. And these kids like are really good kids and they look up to me. So like, I'm not gonna be a douchebag to them. Like there's no need, you know? And, and like you said, the kids aren't really treating him as like an enemy. Like here's the, why, why should we allow this like black guy to take over this predominantly white sport, you know? And, and that's not really a thing anymore. And that's not really, really a, a motivator and that's i mean not that racist tiger thing. fucking woods they want yeah, to play a tiger they want to exactly. be with it, the guy they grew up watching a hundred percent so i think i don't think he's i think he's gonna have to find and motivate himself in a much different way than he was doing before and i, don't, I just don't think he knows how to do that yet um because yeah. I mean, he stays healthy is the big thing and if he figures that out then he'll he'll be competitive yeah, that's all we really I want think, out of i think at some point jordy i think at some point he's got to mentally turn around and be like okay I want to be better than 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 Arnold. I want to be better than Jack. And I think that's I think honestly that's where he's gonna motivate himself in the, at the end of the day. Um, but like you said, I think he's too focused on getting health and he's too focused on rebuilding his image. And then from there he can he can start and do everything else. But um, too long of talk with, with golf. I think I wanna to quickly touch about your bubble point him being an asshole. I mean, people say that and you hear those rumors, but like you're talking about a guy who adopted a kid for whatever, you know, who had mental issues, you know, you talk about a guy who that's true too. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about a guy who constantly is, is promoting and and trying to work with kids with down syndrome and and kids with mental illnesses and things like that. And, and for whatever, whatever people talk about him and how he's like kind of mean to the gallery and kind of mean to people, like at the same time, if I was getting chirped on the golf course, I mean, you know, and just like with anyone else, but you know me specifically, like, if someone chirped me when I'm in the heat of my athletic game or if I'm like on the ice and, and, or wherever I am or lacrosse field and someone like says something to me, my reaction is going to be so over the top compared to if, if you made fun of me out of it. You know what I mean? Like, so I can understand like when he's in that mental, mental space or capacity trying to focus on the next shot. If some guy's like, Oh, Bubba, you suck. Or like, like you're an asshole. Like, or like snapping a picture of him in his back string, like I'd be so pissed too as a competitor, one like first and foremost. So I have no I have no qualms with him. I have no qualms with, with him getting upset with people while he's on the course and and you know, every single athlete now in this day, this day and age, in order to make money, needs to play that needs to play whatever character they're gonna play on social media so they can get sponsors and they can promote things. And he's doing that and he's doing that to a T and I mean, in terms of his career, like, he's won two Masters. You know, he's been on Ryder Cup teams. He's been on President Cup teams. Like, he's, he's done the so Genesis much. Genesis Open three times now. Yeah, and he's done so much. And, like, and and he's won majors. And, like, you know, he's a lefty. You know, you don't really see that too much. So, 
So not for nothing, but I I, I like him. <laughs> I know you back and forth, and <laughs> you don't like him, but I, and I know most people don't. But I'm I'm a fan. Um, All right. Yeah, I'm a fan. Anyways, uh, what's what's the next topic here? What uh, I feel like we've been we how long we've we been on? We gotta we gotta we gotta speed up the last couple of topics here. <laughs> Maddie's gonna yell. Right. Maddie's gonna yell at us for for making your pod long here. Well, I just got in. I just got a uh, picture of Matty D on his ski trip in Colorado, and he's asleep right now. And mind you, it's eight thirty here on the East Coast, so it's six thirty in Colorado. So, you know, I mean, he's maybe he's, maybe he's just taking a nap, gearing up for the night. Maybe he's just taking a nap after a long day on the slopes. He's maybe. gonna take a nap, hit, get, hit, get some dinner, and then turn around and crush whatever bar he's going out to. You never know. Maybe, maybe you also. <laughs> Have an image of your Matt in your head that uh, we'll need to rectify the next time you come to Philly. Thunder Cup two, stay tuned. <laughs> well, let's move to also he doesn't he doesn't normally listen when he's not on, so I think we're safe in terms of the length this week. <laughs> 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 but let's move on to hockey, NHL last night Tuesday night. Both of our teams, Greg, impressive comebacks. I got to give the nodded, the more impressive one to your Bruins because you did it on the road and you did it from 2-0. Flyers did it with a minute and a half left. My guy Jake Voracek with the uh, the big goal. But both teams so hot right now. Um, <laughs> the Bruins keeping pace with Tampa and Tampa better. Tampa might need to watch out because they're uh, the Bruins are, are making a push. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were talking about that a little bit before the All Star break. Um, you know, the Bruins are playing at a at a clip right now where they very easily could catch Tampa, and Tampa got out, started out with such, got off such a hot start that, you know, it was gonna it was unrealistic for them to continue that as it always is. The Bruins are one point behind the Lightning as we speak. Um, so you know, and the Maple Leafs are, are fading a little bit, and then no one else is really close to the top three teams after that in the yeah. East, but. Um, I mean the Atlantic. Sorry, the Atlantic. My mistake. Well, I guess yeah, and the East. If we're doing one, two, three Eastern Conference, but they don't do that anymore. Speaking of play, yeah. wild playoff changes. Um. Yeah. Seriously, that's still the dumbest thing. The NHL. Yeah. The NHL muffs things. Everything all over the place, and I'm gonna get so heated in about 15 minutes once we're, once we're done the NHL. Um. <laughs> I'm about to get so heated at Batman and, and the NHL as an organization, but they, they, they bundled this thing from top to bottom with the, with the playoffs but um honestly jordy the thing that scares me the most is the penguins um yeah it scares the shit out of me too the pen- at the end of the day if they're in the playoffs they're they're going uh, i think they're going back for an- another third cup in a row potentially um, i think they just i think they literally Sidney crosby drove to cleveland over the summer talked to lebron lebron told him hey you can go to Mexico for a month and just not give a shit or in your mind go to Mexico because you're going to get fined in the NHL, unlike me in the NBA, and just don't give a shit about the regular season. Turn it on in January and you're good because they've done that for two of his three cups where they they legitimately stunk in the first half, fired their coach, had an unreal run from basically the all-star break onward and won a Stanley Cup. And this year they were just okay. They, weren't, they didn't stink because the Metropolitan just been so up and down. But now they've won five in a row. They've won eight of their last ten, and they were they are trading first place with the Capitals right now. Which, for me as a Flyers fan, if the Flyers hold on to the three seed, I'd much rather play Washington because Pittsburgh's red hot, and they 
can pretty much dissect you any which way they want to. Yeah, and I mean, Pittsburgh, at the end of the day, they didn't start well because they had a lot of injuries, you know? And yeah, that's true, too. They've been just two straight cups. Like, you know, they talk about fatigue and, and like, the Blackhawks fatigue and how the Blackhawks haven't, haven't really been good this year because their core guys have played in the playoffs deep runs for the last, like, 10 years in a row, and they're just fucking exhausted. Like, the, the Penguins came in with 100% fatigue just from last season. Like, you don't get the full off season. You know, you get the Flyers who are out or didn't even make the playoffs, and they had, they had all those extra days to actually recover and work out. And, you know, the, the Capitals played – or the, the Penguins played for another month and a half after most of these teams. And then you think about it takes you a month probably to recover or a couple weeks just to get your body right after a grueling 82-game season – and then you turn around, and then you have to start working out. And guess what? Camp is like a month or two later. So you right really there. don't have that time like everyone else has. Um, so more power to them, and I don't mind their slow start. But they're, in my opinion, my prediction potentially is is that sort of they're on they're on a track to they're on that track to turn around and make that uh, long term cup run again. Uh, my oh, hope. I see that too. My hope, obviously, as a Bruins fan, is to 100% have the Bruins turn around and, and win it. And I think they they have the ability to do that. The issue is, again, just like with the 76ers and the Celtics, or just like with the Celtics, I should say, are there rookies? Can their rookies do enough? Because all year the Bruins have gotten a lot of production from their rookies. It hasn't just been the Bergeron, Marchand line. The playoffs, yes, Bergeron and Marchand are going to show up. But can the rookies do enough? in the playoffs to, to, to unseed this, this stud of a superstar team with the, with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, I think that's, and even Tampa, you could say the same argument about Tampa and that's, and that's the, that's the going to be the biggest cracks, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what you've seen out of New Jersey. They had that from basically up until 15 games ago where they were in first place in the division and then their rookies kind of slowed down a little bit. They had a couple of goalie injuries you have that with the Flyers right now, the exact same thing where the rookies are are supporting that first line and a half because they keep mixing them around. And then you lose a couple goalies. Granted, the Flyers have won seven of the last ten. But, you know, I mean, the Bruins, I think, are a little more seasoned than both of those teams. So I'd be a little more optimistic if I were a Bruins fan uh, than I would be as myself as a Flyers fan or if you were a New Jersey Devils fan. I think the big thing and the kind of the, the – I'm going to be – punny here but the wild card of it is who does come out as the wild card teams because columbus isn't going away which they shouldn't they have a pretty good defense but just an abysmal offense carolina is right there and that's surprising because of just their chemistry and how they're made up and they're um you know a point away from columbus right now the islanders are still hanging around which i'd love to see them kind of get it together but they kind of they also really fell apart and a lot of injuries there too. The Rangers look like they're about to sell the entire farm, except for maybe I'm not even sure who they might keep, but Henrik Stenson, uh, not Henrik Stenson, Henrik Lundqvist, we're in the NHL, not golf now seems to be uh, maybe the only one that you wouldn't dish just because of the contracts. A lot like with Chicago where you have all these guys on mega contracts that deserve them. Cause you won three cups in six years, but they're kind of just loaded there because you know, the cap hasn't gone up and they're have this, big boulder there but question for you off of your theory of you know not making deep cup runs is this why we're seeing vegas do so well because they've played zero games in the last year 
So now they're like, oh, we have all these games to win. We might as well win them. <laughs> I had to make the dad joke there. No, that was good. Um, you could argue that Flurry didn't really play that much in the playoffs, and you could argue that he was hurt, so he's got the he's got he had the break all year. You could argue that that I mean, yeah, they had guys who were on some of those top teams and made some made some runs in the playoffs, but yeah, you could certainly make that argument. I think honestly, why Vegas is doing so well is is the theory that everyone has had all year, and the theory that everyone had the second they announced a Vegas team is that teams go into Vegas the night before a game, get buried, going out on the town in Vegas, because why wouldn't you? You're in Vegas. Um, unless the team is a back-to-back, There's I don't ever foresee a team going into Vegas and coming out the next day not hungover uh, unless it's a playoff series. Um, so throughout the year, the reason why they've done so well is, is the theory that everyone keeps saying. I know it's a joke and we can laugh about it, but it's 100% the, the theory that – the 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 Golden Knights are doing so well at home because teams just get buckled and trashed and and are hungover going into the game and um, the next day and and I mean they're twenty two five and two at home twenty two five and two at home like that's an unbelievable uh, yeah you mentioned Winnipeg but that's real um yeah they're the only two teams that that might have better records that just need to do the winning percentage math. They have more wins. This is why I bring them up. It's Pittsburgh and Winnipeg. I've had a great time in Pittsburgh before, but I, I don't think you're having a better time in Pittsburgh than you are in Vegas. <laughs> no. And I've heard Winnipeg, there's nothing to fucking do, which is why they made, they made that travel video. Remember that thing that came out like a couple months ago? Yeah. Somebody, somebody, just, somebody tried to bury uh, Winnipeg, and so they came up with the uh, – well, the, their version of the hastily made Cleveland tourism video. Yeah, I was going to say the Cleveland tourism video. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> the, the, the West – I mean, I already talked about these, but the West is really one of those top to bottom. They have so much – so much, um, so many good teams, and and it's going to be interesting coming down the stretch. Who goes what? Who goes where? What? Where is going to shake out the playoff picture? Because it's all going to come down to matchups in terms yep. of who comes out of the West, in my opinion. Um, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can't imagine. I can't imagine. San Jose is is the Capitals of the West. You know, they have great. I mean, I guess actually the Ducks, I guess, would be that the the, the San Jose or the Capital of the West. But, but you know, San Jose is sort of up there too. They they very very rarely make those deep deep runs. They've only gotten over the hump once. Yeah, and better than the Capitals since the uh, what's it called? Right. <laughs> uh, Obi came into the picture, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Golden Knights can can. I'm not sure the Golden Knights can. No, I'd agree with you. I, I think eventually they. I don't know if they get caught up. Yeah, I don't know if they have enough to make a deep, deep, deep like cup run. Um, or like well, a, they're not a very good road team. That's the that's the issue. You go to a place. I mean, looking at the Pacific and who's there. The only team that I'd be scared of if I was them would be maybe San Jose, but they're not very good on the road either. I mean, really, whoever comes out as a wild card team out of the the central division, because it looks like that that might be who it is, uh, depending on how Anaheim does. But they're really they're kind of up and down. They they have older goalies, so that could affect it, especially as we're talking about the fatigue of a long season. I mean, really, like you said, it just comes down to the matchups there, and and who do you end up having to go to on the road if you're Vegas, and does travel come into play if you're going out to? You know, Nashville wouldn't be until Western Conference Final, but if you're going to St. Louis or Minnesota, um, 
you know, really, really that, that factor there, but we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting down the stretch of how yeah. everything goes. I mean, I mean, quickly, like everyone in the central with the exception of the Blackhawks is in play. Yeah, exactly. Colorado's not going away, which good for them. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon killing it, which he really needed to do after a couple down years, but not surprised. Um, not surprised. But like and everyone no, not surprised. Yeah. And I mean I mean the central you got Predators, the Jets, the Stars, the Blues, the Wild, and the Avalanche. You know, the only team that's probably out is the Blackhawks. Oh, they're you know, the Pacific. Out. They're ten points. You know, Pacific, yeah, the Pacific, the Knights, the Sharks, the Kings, the, the Ducks, the Flames, you know, they're all in it. And and the Flames are a team that they're just they they if they're an agency they sneak in they could upset Vegas in the first round. Um, they could because they're on you know they're they're I'm pretty sure Calgary yeah similar time zone um, they have the they have the they, they do better on the road they're a much better road team because they don't have the pressure of being in fucking Calgary. Um, yeah, the Saddle Dome. Ooh. Yeah, and they have they have Goudreau and they ha- they have a young grinder in in. And Kachuk that like just gets under people's skins, uh, almost like a Martian. And so like, they, that if they sneak in somehow and they're an eight seed or whatever, and they play Vegas in the first round, you know that could be a team that I think be upsets Vegas. I honestly, Jordy, I without being cl- as silly as it sounds and as stupid as it sounds, I I think Nashville, I think Nashville and Pittsburgh repeat of last year's finals. I know I said the same thing in the NBA, and and I'm I'm. It could most likely shake that way out for baseball as well, but I, but I, I really, as as sad as it sounds, I think Nashville might have that because they, they're playing well right now. You know, they're they're, they're really well. And granted, I have not been to many arenas of Western Conference teams, but I did go to Nashville this year, and it was a fucking mid-November game, so it was one of their first twenty games, so probably one of their first ten home games, and that thing felt like a playoff game it was loud it was rowdy as fuck i mean those guys i can only imagine what it's like i was in the second to last row so i can only imagine what it's like in the lower bowl in a playoff game if you're the opposing team because they're already chanting shit like it's all your fault and all that kind of stuff in a fucking november game i can only imagine what it's like in may i can only imagine what it's like in june yeah so it i mean they just need to work on their road record. But the only team that I, I would say right now that if I was Nashville, that I'd be scared of is Winnipeg. And that's really about it. Dallas might be able to make a scare, but they're terrible on the road. St. Louis is good at home. They're okay on the road, but they kind of need to figure it all out. Put, put some of the pieces together, not cool down. Like they've been, like they've tended to do. Um, because they've they've had a lot of like big blow up games where they've won like seven to two and stuff like that. So that's a lot of where their goal differential comes from. Their defense is pretty good, is okay, but yeah, you need you need to see them be uh, taking a step up. Minnesota could make a run at it, but they're really not a good road team, so I wouldn't necessarily bet a lot of money there. But we'll see. Right. You know, let's get into it. Set it up here, Jordy. Let's fucking get into it. I need to. I need to let it out. So do you. Let's get into it. Set it up. For yeah. Us. So we move on to the Olympics. We're about two hours right now. We're recording this Wednesday night. So by the time that you listen to this tomorrow on Thursday, the women's game will have already ended. We'll talk a little bit about it. We'll give our thoughts and theories. You can laugh at how wrong we are in a second, but we need to talk about the fucking men's team and how the NHL shot 
our boys in the fucking foot multiple times, fucked them so fucking badly compared to what the OAR did because they could send KHL players. We didn't send NHL players. We sent old dudes <laughs> instead of NCAA players who ended up the four guys that are Division One athletes comparatively to old NHL players were the guys that were the stars of the fucking tournament. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, you, could, I, you I said wish you I didn't want to curse anymore. I'd like you to curse. Please let it I, all out. I wish I could argue with you. I really do. But the only, the only, the only, I guess the only country that hurt more was Canada because I don't, the Canadian. Canada's still in it though. I know they're, I know they're still in it, but they look just as bad. Like they're. Yeah, that's true. They they they've made the medal or did they win their quarterfinal game? They're in the medal round. Yeah, they're in the, yeah, they're in the they're, they're and in it. Um, Sweden lost though. Sweden lost to fucking Germany in a shootout. Right, so they're in the semis, right? Yeah, they're in they're in the semis. At do they play Germany or do they play uh, the Czechs? No, I think Czech plays OAR. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They do. Yeah, Czechs play OAR. So Germany, Germany, Canada. I guess, <laughs> fucking I guess, I guess, trip to the I gold guess, medal game. I guess Canada could make a gold medal game, but. But yeah. honestly, like, <laughs> not not for nothing, but it's just been the – take. okay, I have so many issues. One with the NHL, yes. One with USA Hockey on their own. And, 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 and third, we can get into – we can get into whatever. But so let's start with the NHL. And they're just, like, never – it's been so long, probably since Sid was a rookie, that there's been this much young talent in the league. And – there's so many good fucking young kids, and that was proven by that goddamn stupid fucking North American team that they yeah, put. That's what I was gonna say in the fucking World Cup of Hockey. Two so years the World ago. Cup of Hockey, which Gary Bevin and the NHL started because again, it's all about money, and there's, he's super smart, and like he knew, you know, the Olympic will never allow us to put the NHL logo anywhere. So fuck the Olympics. We're not gonna send our guys there. They're not gonna. And get they fucked fuck- up the stupid con- TV. Co- Sorry, this isn't a World Cup of Hockey thing, but they fucked up the TV shit with ESPN, so it was barely on TV. Sorry. Right. <laughs> no, I'm same page here, bud. Same. Yeah. Fuck- Gary Bennett's a fucking loser. Anyway, so agreed. Agreed. So though, so the NHL base was like, you know what? Like, f you Olympics. We're not gonna send you to. We're we're not gonna send our guys there because you know what. Like we don't we we want our own money and we'll we'll keep their revenue and and people will watch us instead of you and and fuck you guys and guess what yeah. USA Hockey played right into the hands of Bettman they did fucking exactly what he wanted and they brought in these old fucking guys like I mean Gianta yeah he's good he's experienced you can say what you want but the guy was winning a national title when you and I were in fucking middle school Jordy we were twelve years old thirteen years old and this guy was winning a national championship yep. at DC and and then he was in the Olympics like shortly thereafter and it's just like what are we doing and you mentioned it Brian Donato six or seven goals in the Olympics yeah. you should and be he, pumped as a fucking Bruins fan because he killed it yeah and he's in the Olympics and he's a he's a, he's a, a, a Hobie Baker either if not first or second guy right now he's a junior at Harvard you know. Uh, I hope he comes out just for the Bruins playoff run, but you never know. He probably might not. He, you know, a degree from Harvard probably could go a long way, but whatever. Um, you know, Jordan Greenway and Troy Terry, the, next, the other two guys who just absolutely – the best line, the only production lines for the U.S. were the lines that had the college kids on it. And why, as USA Hockey, right, why are you sending AHL players like Chris Bork, who has played a total of like 
seven games in his NHL career, maybe. He's been in the AHL for the last five years in a row, and you turn around and send him to Olympics and put him on your first or second line? Like, yeah. what are we talking about here? Why Why do we not have either the last three or four World Junior Hockey teams for the U.S., which, guess what? They've been in the gold medal game every the last, like, three or four times, right? They've been in the gold medal game all those times in a row. Why would you not – Send all those college kids who have played together, who have the make it this year. Did they make it to the gold medal game this year? Okay, whatever. Regardless. No, bronze. Yeah, they won the bronze. Yeah, but still, so, they won it two like, years ago, and but, half these guys should be. But I'm still saying, around. like, unless the guys aren't, unless the guys are in the NHL, like McAvoy, they should be, they should be on this team. You know, they should be this this Shaka. USA team. They had team. Stat, the dude from Northeastern. That said, he'd rather win the bean pot than win an Olympic gold medal. Which, right? Like, you're saying that when he won the bean pot, but still, it's a fucking Olympic gold medal. Right. That's because he wasn't even considered. They didn't even invite him to a trial. Right. So he, like, what else do you want him to say? He, he got snubbed from from the beginning, the jump. Like, and that kid from Northeastern, Jordy, he's the Hobie Baker frontrunner because he's leading Donato, the kid who made the Team USA from Harvard. He's leading Donato by about two goals, uh, maybe three on the year so like those two are neck and neck going for the hobie baker and this yeah. kid has been playing for the last two weeks and donato's been in the olympics but whatever the point is that if we had college kids if the u.s had college kids even on this team then or even like you take the world junior team like that's the thing like you the czech republic the team they lost to slovenia you know all these random ass countries normally they only have a line or two of nhl players anyway so like yeah. all these guys play together 24 7 they play together all the time so so of course they're going to be better. Of course they're going to have the chemistry. Of course they're going to they're going to play together and they're going to do good things like that. Like of course it's going to happen, right? So yep. then you turn around and the Russians, sorry, the Olympic athletes from Russia, right? What they did, Jordy, was they took the top line from the the KHL team one. They took the top line from KHL team two. They took the top line from KHL team three, and those are their top three lines. Yep. Right, that's their one, two, three lines, and those three guys have been playing together the entire year on on the same line for their respective KHL teams. Right, and then you go ahead and you add Datsuk and Kovalchuk and another former NHL player. You have four lines that are just unbelievable, top to bottom. Unreal. Yeah, and and. They, not that they would have, this team, they, uh, Russia would be 100% better with, with Malkin and, and Ovechkin on it. But, like, reality is they're, the Russians are, that KHL, that Russian team, they, they, all those guys probably could be in the NHL right now still, and they would be, you know, competitive and, and playing around and this and that. But, like, they're just making everyone else look like JV. You know, they're essentially varsity, making everyone else look like JV. And, and But the point is that, like, the USA bundled this thing from the beginning. Yeah, you blame the NHL, but the NHL, the NHL won in this case, you know, because the NHL won because now they can go back to the Olympics and say, guess what? The hockey sucked because we didn't have any NHL players, and, and that's on you. But if USA hockey was just smart, like the NHL has all the bargaining chips now, you know, if the, if the, if the USA hockey was smart and, and didn't play into Gary Bettman's hands, then – you, they turn around and they probably fucking are in the metal metal games. They have they're in the they're probably in the in the semis and have a chance to turn around and fucking win a medal. But yeah. they didn't. They the USA played right into Bettman's hands and they they probably were in collusion with this fucking rat piece of shit, this rat fuck. And, <laughs> and now we got Arabello and I mean the the USA goalie granted played unbelievable. Mercy yep. Earth product. 
a product of Mercer, played unbelievable. But like at the same time, you're telling me Ryan Miller, Jonathan Quick, and and I mean those are the those are the goalies from last time. But now you got Matt. I mean now you got uh, what? Murray's Canadian, isn't he? No, no. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say him. The yeah. who, the, the Schneider, right? Yeah, Corey Schneider. Yeah, who and, and probably should have played more in the last couple Olympics. You got, you got Gibson. You got Gibson from uh, from the Ducks. I mean, you got all these guys who should be there and goaltending, and top to bottom, it's just so frustrating. So frustrating, and I'm just so so rattled, so pissed off. And and I mean, what, you're telling me you wouldn't like to have seen the Flyers product, Joey Hart, as the goalie for Canada, like Carter Hart? You mean? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, Carter Hart. I would have loved to see Ghost play play for Team USA. I would have loved to see. I mean, just name just name all these fucking dudes. Because you're right, the USA is so youth rich in terms of talent that it would have been such a great way to promote the next ten years of NHL players. Oh my god, it's just such a bundled fucking situation that they did. Um. Oh my god. Should we just move on? Should we move on to the women and and hopefully we'll have something to be celebrating when once the ever you're all listening to this? I'm I'm listen. I'm so heated and I can't get. Uh, yeah yeah. Listen, uh, USA hockey. They the women's hockey good for them. They they fought for their rights. They 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 asked the USA to pay for them for a year to train and everything like that. And how fucked is that? That they weren't getting paid in non Olympic years. Uh, yeah, they would only get paid for the tournaments they, they played. I thought it was, they got paid for like the world championships, but that was it in a non-Olympic year. And then in Olympic years, like they got paid for like the two weeks of the other stuff. The two right? Weeks Olympics. right. So now they're getting paid to be, you know, USA hockey players year round and, and yeah. whatever. So that's a good thing. So good for the, good for the U S women's team fighting for that, but you can't turn around and not win. You know, you can't turn around and not win the gold medal and you can't turn around and not beat Canada in, in the Olympic. Cause that's the whole reason why they fought for their medal. And that's the whole reason why and that's the whole crazy thing is that they won last year. They win in the fucking world championships, but then the Olympics come around and they freeze almost. Agreed. Agreed. So, and I think the fact they lost to them already um, in the tournament, I think that's going to help the women's team, the yeah. U S women's team in the end. Cause you know, as we learned from, when the U.S. team, men's team, beat Canada, uh, and then it ended up losing to them in the in the gold medal game, I think for whatever reason, if you win the first time, you think you can beat them again, and you have a mental edge. Whereas if you lose the first time, you're very much more like, let's get back at these guys, you know, let's 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 get our revenge. So I think I I think uh, it's beneficial to the U.S. And I think they they they're playing a, a 22, 23 year old goalie, so good for them. And and I think that yeah. they. I honestly think the U.S. is going to pull it out. Uh, no buy just just based on like the games and how and how the U.S. has won the last four World Championships. They've done it in the in the, the final game and this and that. And I think I think they have all the pressure and they have everything to lose. But at the same time, that's why they've been together for the last year. That's why they've been training through these things. So I think I think this is the year they break through and they do it. Um, and well, I in the semifinal game. I mean, they just pummeled. Who was it? Finland. They just yeah. pummeled the shit out of them. Yeah, which Finland, I think they knew. And Finland just won the bronze. Finland just yeah. Finland just beat the the OAR and just won the bronze. Yeah. Oh well, good job, Finland. Yeah. Um, so we beat the better team. Is exactly. what you're telling me. Exactly. Um, but I think they realized pedal the metal time. Let's fucking go. Hopefully, you are celebrating. 
as you're listening to this podcast and Greg and I are just sounding like grumpy, I don't want to say old men, but grumpy old 20-somethings and complaining about one of our favorite sports. But we'll wrap up the hockey there, but we quickly mention the plug. Quick, quick, before you mention all your plugs, are you disappointed with Team USA? The men? No, all of Team USA in the Winter Olympics. Oh, yeah, in in general? Yeah, so – Aside from really a couple people, you know, you had Red Gerard kicking off the Olympics well. You had Chloe Kim doing her thing. You had Adam Rapon, Pencil- Eastern Pennsylvania product, shout out Eastern PA, um, just killing the game in terms of uh, being an awesome interview with, with Mike Tirico to start it off, winning a bronze medal, and then uh, continuing as a great commentator. But aside from that, you've had a lot of disappointments. You've had... I, is Lin, Lindsay Vaughn's running tonight or this tomorrow, whatever the it turns out to be, uh, in terms of timing. <clears throat> Long-winded answer to your question. Overall, very disappointing run. Not that you expect us to be up there in terms of like top three in terms of a medal count, like in the Summer Olympics, but still just a bummer. And I don't know if it's I don't know what it is. I mean, because we just won our first women's cross-country skiing medal, which is awesome that we're winning medals and things that we've never traditionally been good at but i, I don't know what else you know i mean no, yeah listen, there is some some USA, sort of cloud of disappointment the usa basically won the x games yeah and so far you know we've won the x games sick congrats on the gold medal on men's half fight women's half fight men's snow trick air women's snow trick air and all that stuff like we won the x games that's what that's what our gold medals are in right now we haven't yeah. won gold in like virtually anything else um, I know they just won a biathlon, the first biathlon medal or whatever, shooting, yeah, whatever. They got a bronze, though. It was like the relay race. No, but I know, but the uh, one uh, woman just won the first gold. But overall, I, I, I hope the U.S. Winter Olympic Committee or whatever, who's ever in charge, takes a look at this Olympics and really learns something and gears up for the four, next four-year run um, and, and turns around and focuses on some of these events that no one fucking watches, like speed track and long track and – all this other BS, and, and we can actually meddle in it. But uh, yeah. let's uh, let all right, plug your blogs. Well, what I was going to plug, well, for one, go read the nightly roundup, thunderblogsports.com. I plugged it a little bit before with the Flyers. But what I was going to plug, baseball season is upon us. We're going to break down a little bit of spring training, give you a hint, but a little taste of what's to come with the bullpen cart coming back in full swing once March comes around. If you were not listening to the podcast last year, we had all six divisions as their own separate previews. So stay tuned for that. I'm sure we will have Greg on for, at the very least, the AL East, if not other divisions as well. Um, But it should be a lot of fun. I'm excited for this baseball season, especially with uh, the Phillies having some excitement around their camp um finally the cold off season of the mlb has heated up and finally we have yeah that's and you're hitting the nail right on the head it's perfect that we're bringing it up now because there's finally some signings scott boris the collusion against him is starting to finally crack as he uh you know talked a big game but couldn't back it up with some of the big contracts granted there's still a lot of money to be sent out but not these super mega deals he wanted for his guys like J.D. Martinez and Eric Hosmer, and he wants it for Jake Arrieta, and there's a reason why the Phillies are not signing him, even though they've been talking to him for two and a half months. They're waiting for him to to balk down to two to two years instead of six. 
<laughs> I mean, I can't believe he would want six years with with only having what two good years or one good year. So, well, yeah, he um, won the Cy Young three years ago, and then he was okay, and or he was pretty good in sixteen. He hasn't uh, not he as good as he fifteen. Has, he hasn't been a Cy Young pacer or that clip in a while. But yeah, well, yeah, he stunk until after the All Star game last year. Like he was not good. Yeah, so it's ridiculous him asking that money. But I guess he is a former Cy Young winner. But yeah, I mean. It, it, you know, I think Cubs fans are holding that hope that he still signs with them and 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 this and that. But um, I got you, Darvish, so you aren't really that upset. I I'm I'm gonna go on a limb and say uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very exciting season, and and we're gonna get into full detailed pods and, and previews later. But um, I'm glad that the 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 hot the the cold stove is starting to heat up finally and everything. So uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, March Madness. Right about JD Martinez. March Madness right on the corner. Yeah, I'm excited about JD Martinez. The only thing, the only thing is that he's a he's a he's an oppo field hitter, right? He's he's a righty who loves to hit home runs to to left center or to right center yeah. and and right and that's the furthest that's the longest part of the park at Fenway. You know, porch. Yeah, if you're if you're a righty in Fenway, you have to pull it over the monster. But what I'm excited about with the Red Sox is Hanley Ramirez went on the Tom Brady diet and has dropped like. 50 pounds and looks unbelievable like in terms of his muscle and he looks good so tv 12 guy mixing into baseball could work out for everyone no raspberries and be awesome strawberries. strawberries is what is the diet right and tomatoes oh tomatoes are out too yep no tomatoes tom brady's claim he's never had one i find that very hard to believe i no i guess where is hey, he? he's from california all right maybe he said, he said he's never had one he's there's too much acidity in it too much acid right no yeah. All right. Well, hey, you know, can't listen, argue with Hanley, if, Han- if Hanley Ramirez has like a career year, I guarantee more and more people are gonna mi- are gonna fall into this TB12 uh, method, if you will. But uh, well, is Alex Cora gonna let Alex Guerrero into the clubhouse? Real yeah. Question there. I mean, <laughs> great real question. questions. Re- we're getting down to the real stuff. All right. Let's wrap it up here. All right. <laughs> Well, stay tuned for more bullpen cart coverage as we get into March. Like I said before, stay tuned for the nightly roundup uh, where I break down the day that was, usually with one big topic and then some links. Uh, follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. You can follow Greg on Twitter at GTP at Telly. You can follow me at Jordo9. Thunderbug Sports for both Instagram and Facebook. ThunderbugSports.com, of course, is the website. Greg, my man, thank you as always for coming on. It's always a blast having you. No, Jordy, listen, thank you. It's, uh, like I said, the golden voice of, of Pod. And, uh, you know, I can only I feel, hope. I feel like tonight you and I had a lot of long wind answers as opposed to our typical back and forth. But I think uh, we still did a good job. We, we, we had the oh. spirit there. Oh, I think it was great. I'm just saying we made some great points. I'm just saying, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> it was a good one. But, uh, oh, yeah. love it. You're awesome. Um, go socks, go bees, go C's. And, uh, Congrats. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, go Phillies, go Sixers, go Flyers. And that'll do it for us. For my man, Greg Piatelli, I am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks again.